turn our devotional here off with praise. I just wanted to uh, thank you guys for joining me on another episode of Ample Cause, Our Justification, and my uh, Hamilton Island series based on my memoirs and just some of my prayers and my cries out to God and just my conversations with Him. And I kind of make this uh, audio journal to Him. Father, I just wanted to go through some some things that have been steering my heart lately and it has to um, do with uh, this uh, minor prophet called Nahum who seems to be all kind of uh, smearing all kinds of falsehoods and lies about me for, for pay and for money. And it's kind of just upsetting because uh, you prophesied that uh, Nahum will have a, a horrible downfall and this is uh, kind of this, uh, really the center of Assyria, the center city of Assyria, and we know that, um, well, we could almost say that this is like our little, um, our little book of, of it, maybe our hand notes, and this could be the first chapter of the prediction of Nineveh's utter ruin. And it's kind of more like a poem, a poetry book. And I would say it's kind of almost... Um... written um, before these things happened, but it's now has uh, become the time for these downfalls to happen, and God kind of said that her um, downfall will be worse than the one she inflicted on others, and it would kind of uh, foretell that she too would be drunk on the cup of God's wrath. Um, and this uh, book that I'm writing here is kind of the single idea of doom. And that's kind of what the book of Nahum is about. And that's kind of what is prophesied here. And this um, minor prophet, oh, we see, kind of talks about Nineveh's um, justice, I guess, that God... Uh, Answers the call to you, and it has to do with his uh, God's indignation um, taking part on this. And um, he kind of said that, like fig trees with their first ripe fruit, um, those two will be uh, shaken and fallen into the mouth of the eater. So it was justly deserved um, destruction that was coming, and it was God's wrath. Um, to kind of uh, administer justice on the way she treated others. And in a way, it was um, kind of uh, foretelling this uh, wrath of God that would come to her as well. And there was one passage that I want to go to.
Well, essentially it talks about how she too would go into captivity and that God is um, not, you know, proud of anything she's done. He's against her and there's a spine chilling statement that God makes that he says that I'm against you. And the taunts and the dirges that uh, she has given others is just um, unrelenting. And it says that um, well, I can't find the exact passage that I wanted, but it did say that, you know, this, um, this little book that we're writing here is a short, short book, and it kind of details just some of the things that would be given back to her, and this is kind of starting off here where we see Georgia now, a major player in the game, the governor of Georgia, a dealer, as his name says, um, in part with Nineveh. And it's a North Point One kind of um, business going on now. Straight out Georgia. And why Georgia? Well, we see Alexander the Coppersmith quite proud of his racial hate crimes. And so he found another way to start um, making Georgia great. And how does he do that? Well, we see that he welcomes um, all people to come eat, eat the food there. It's great. He said that there's no slaves in Georgia. Hey, we welcome all kinds. Um, he said that there's a great opportunity for farmers to get work and pay. Um, he promises that um, uh, um, you'll like the, the scenery. It's a very uh, wooded area. It's got, you know, fresh streams of water and lots of nice woods. You can uh, enjoy the outdoors. And, um, not to, uh, not to worry that we got some, uh, little raping pigs here that you can enjoy. And, um, we even measured them out and determined that if you like a little fig, well, here's a place to come get one. So now we see that this, um, uh, minor prophet is being, um, well, talking about Nathan's downfall that God promised because of the, um, havoc she reaped on sister nations. And God said that it will be uh, quite um, bad for you, um, worse than you inflicted on others, and your nakedness and public exposure will be seen. He also said that um, now that you will be um, this Olympic state of, of Georgia will be, um, running these, uh, late night, um, Olympic games there, and it's more like, um, London, Paris, Georgia is 
governor all the money they could bring in there as well as ownership of these things and how he um has a gladly claimed uh north point one to be uh this uh, owner of Minihoom now and how this is pretty much going to be taking place out of three of georgia and they'll be taken into captivity there and um pretty much um used for the olympic games So this is a prophecy that has been given and is kind of talking about the downfall now, very soon to come. And God's kind of, um, saying like, you know, you were, um, into witchcraft and idolatry and immorality and for these reasons... Um, this Assyrian capital will be um, taken down and the, your nakedness exposed publicly witnessed by other nations as God deals with it in, in his anger and his just, just anger of it just as other strongholds were uh, impregnable um, you will be as well this will be your fall and um, you will be weakened. And God invites Nineveh to go ahead and strengthen yourself now and get all the people you can. Muster all your troops, get your prophecies together. But uh, you'll be weakened and run away through defeat and scattering, and your time is up. And so we see just how um, these. Um, Um, justice of God will take place. And God says, you know, like sometimes we might know know a lot, we might know a lot of facts, we might have a lot of um, actual um, maybe knowledge about the Bible. I think we know a lot about a lot of subjects and things like that. Or, you know, might have a prudence or might have discretion, but at the end of the day, if you don't have um, the wisdom to apply the, the Bible knowledge that you have and the facts of the Bible that you learn and to know how to live out the Bible in godly ways, in ways that are, um, you know, um, righteous and according to God's standard, you can know all the facts you want and learn all these things you want, but at the end of the day you don't have um, the wisdom to put it into application and to live it out and he says like you know school is good and we all need you know schooling to learn the facts but you know you can only learn your your capitals or your uh, multiplications or even you know how to uh, play football or cheer on the team for that fact maybe even you know impress your uh, pious religious uh, fellow gentlemen at the table with your um, piety and your righteousness and your Bible uh, knowledge, but at the end of the day if you don't put that into practice and have the wisdom excuse me, the wisdom to apply your Bible knowledge, that's pretty much useless and you pretty much need to um, go back to school and learn how to 
live this out in a true fashion. And, you know, just look at the wedding of Cana. Um, Jesus' mother told him that they ran out of wine. And she didn't want to embarrass her guests. So she went and, and told Jesus, and he's like, Dear woman, dear woman, uh, why do you involve me? And she replied, uh, My time has not, he replied, My time has not yet come. And then his mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, that the kind that were used for the Jews in their ceremonial washing each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus said to his servants, fill the, the jugs with water. So they did. And uh, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they, and they did so. And the master of the banquet tasted that water that had been turned into wine. And he didn't realize where it came from. But the servants who had drawn the water knew. And then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have drunk freely. But you saved the best till now. Thus, this is the first miraculous sign that Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. This is how we see how Jesus took these stone jars that the Jews used for washing. And uh, changed the water into wine there. And started handing them out at the wedding feast at the mall and was uh, serving it up too. You know, sometimes we say like, um, don't go, you know, at the end time, don't go, um, see there's the Messiah, there Jesus is, there's Jesus returning, there Jesus is, there's the Messiah, no, no, you know, he'll be in the clouds. he'll be in the sky and the clouds coming for all to see him so don't go here or there to go find him right but now you know even though he's not fully here you know returned we can see evidence of him and his work all over and all the time you hear you know you should hear the preachers pointing and saying hey there's jesus did you see him hey this is what god's done today hey do you see that miracle there hey christians should be talking about jesus all the time, we should always be, you know, directing our gaze and other people's gaze at Jesus and on Jesus and telling them, hey, there he is. Hey, did you see him in that? Hey, Jesus was working in that. Hey, he's right there. Did you see that? Hey, yes, Jesus was doing some miracle right there. Did you take note of that? Jesus changed my life right there. Oh, Jesus showed up today. I, you know, wasn't expecting that. Or, hey, Jesus met me again. He never fails. So, we should always, you know, like John the Baptist, behold the Lamb of God, right? Be, um, pointing him out to others and have, um, you know, disciples following him. And we should know his voice and we should direct others' gaze at him and look, look for him and look for the things he does because it can be seen everywhere. It's evident everywhere and we should constantly... Especially as teachers, preachers of this, um, of the of Christianity, we should always be pointing our comrades out to Jesus. 
and what what he's doing where he's at and I know my pre my pastor when I went to church uh looked very good at always pointing out uh where Jesus was and what he's doing and handing out to people so we should always be telling people like hey yes there's Jesus did you see him hey yeah there's Jesus what's he doing now yes we need to follow Jesus yes and you know pretty soon he'll have a large gathering of you know people following him and um wondering you know watching all the miracles that he does <clears throat> drop everything you're doing and start following right you leave your fishing nets behind and your career and go follow and I know with my own life you know I'm like hey Jesus, you protected me again. Did you see that? You protected me from that. Hey, Jesus, yes, you uh, provided for us again. Did you see that? Hey, Jesus, yes, you comforted me again. That, yes, like, constantly seeing him um, come through in so many things that it's like he is our peace in all these moments. And we could put him out to others to um, start looking for him and following him in those ways as well. So I just want to, um, you know, cap this little, uh, book of Nahum off and this, um, poetic, uh, section of Nineveh and, you know, his, uh, rise and downfall and, um, how shortly it was lived and hopefully, um, you know, We see a little bit more of God's uh, justice and his um, handling um, his just wrath and punishing um, people that don't um, take heed to what he said and how we should live this out. Thank you guys for joining me on this and may we continue to praise him all the more. Praise us out of that ash heap and, you know, send us with nobles and kings. Thank you, God, for, for, um, noticing the least of these, you know, and for, uh, caring for them and, and pulling them up, Lord, and, and from humiliation to exaltation, God, that's your kingdom in your way. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.